Welcome to the Making a Runner podcast. I'm your host, Nick, a running specialist, biokineticist, and coach. And I'm a co-host, Davey, aka Davey on the Run. Through our shared knowledge and experience, we unpack the fascinating topic of running. We speak to coaches, athletes, subject matter experts, and everyday enthusiasts to help you improve your running. And ensure that you enjoy every step of the way, wherever the road or trail may take you. This is how runners are made. It's how runners are made, baby. Oh yeah. You know, after after school and after university, it's a very strange time for most people. Mm. Most of their friends are now in, if you're in corporate, they're probably going to Joburg. If you're in media or, or advertising, you're probably sitting in Cape Town. And then you're sitting in Durban. I don't know what you're doing, but maybe you're doing both, but you're here. And so your best friends are not even around. You can't have no friends. Like you've got to do something where there's a common interest. And running is one of the biggest common interests now because people are starting to realize you can't just not train now. When you're in high school, you can. You eat whatever you want. You can drink whatever you want. I've got a fast metabolism. I can just, you know, it'll burn off. Now at the age of 25, 26 and older, you say, okay, that doesn't work. If you go out for a few big meals, you know you've had a few big meals. So running, a lot of people have used running because gyms also, gyms are not, Gyms are very intimidating for some people. Everyone's staring at you. Everyone's judging what you're lifting, what you're looking at, how fast you're running on the treadmill, blah, blah, blah. But running, it's for everyone. Nicola! Davide! Happy New Year! It's 2024. 2024. Can you believe it? The third year of making a runner. Yay! That's what it is. Three... Two years going into, going the, third, into the third, yeah, and we're back with a new and season. We are back. You can't kill us. We 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 like stronger. A, we're like a wolf of Wall Street. I'm not leaving. I'm never. I'm never leaving. I'm never leaving. <laughs> yeah, but guys, um, we hope that everyone's had a fantastic holiday season. December, okay, December. You've taken some time off. Uh, whether it was to recover a little bit, whether to sort of realign your training goals, or spend the time to get ahead of your training so that you start the year on the strongest footing that you possibly can. Tell me about your December. Okay, December. So what did you do? So hey? my December was a busy one. Mm. Um, I hung around. I didn't go on holiday. I worked. and Yeah, you worked I, I way too hard. Yeah, man. I had a busy December, but I was able to train. I, I picked up my training mileage a little bit. Mm. As we've mentioned before, Davey and I are running the Cape Peninsula Marathon. In, in five weeks' five time. Five weeks' time. The tick, the, they the, catch the, the, look at his watch there. Yeah. It's a bit concerning. The clock eh? is ticking, and we are in peak marathon training as we speak. It's bizarre. Because it's the first, second know, week of Jan. it feels good, eh? It feels good. I finished my session this morning and I walked into the door and I looked at Kath and I was like, I am a supreme athlete. <laughs> you know, when you're hitting the stride of that marathon training, nothing yeah. feels better. And it was actually just like six weeks ago that I was having conversations with people while I was running saying, oh, I can't wait to build my fitness again. And yeah. it's just a, it's a horrible feeling when you unfit and you and you struggling to find that fitness but when it gets going yeah it's oh, a beautiful so feeling good. and when you're in a good rhythm and your training's going well the body's responding yeah so i must say it's been a it's been a good solid december of training and we start the year feeling strong and new davy i must say mm. um, if anyone follows davy on social media know that he went away to the eastern cape for his holiday and he spent a hell of a lot of time running up and down and up and down a on a piece of beach that was about 100 <laughs> meters long well so let, let me tell you transkai is a very hilly area 
So I had I had three options. Option A was that I could go out and like explore the beautiful, you know, Transkei area. But that's most people would do. No, 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 no. That that would entail climbing 300 meter peaks. Um, and quite frankly, yes, I know it's an up run this year, but <laughs> I really didn't feel like killing myself. Uh, the other option was to run um, on the dirt roads for a, a you know like a 1.5k section, but there's potholes and it was a nightmare. And then the last option was a 500 meter beach stretch, and I chose the latter. So beach, eh? the beach, and it was challenging, but yeah, I was running flat out, feeling good. Made some friends, some local friends. The kids started running with me, and yeah, it was. <laughs> so it you're was starting the year feeling really, yeah, really strong. Feeling eh? good. Eh? Five weeks ago to Cape Peninsula, and more importantly, one week away from a Cape Town move. Guys, yes. I must let you know, Davey <laughs> is going to be joining the Kiptonians at 8 a.m. on their morning <laughs> run before they go to work. Yeah, Nick and I were having a discussion about last weekend's weekend run, and Nick wanted to start at 4:30, and I was just like, <laughs> what? Like, why do you want to run at four thirty? And he just reminded me, you know, like you know, grass isn't always greener on the other side because apparently Cape Town people only start running at eight a.m. I've got the answer to that question, David. Mm. It's because we are social runners. Ah, yes, social runners. Hey? Yes, is what we are. And today, we do get to speak to the ultimate social the, runner, the king of social runners. He redefines <laughs> social runners. He started the social runners club and. He is not only an elite social runner, I Which, must say. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite controversial. You know, you have a yeah. social runner, but is he a social runner? Well, he runs a 2.13 marathon, a 61-minute half marathon, and he's got a 13-and-a-half-minute 5K. So he is a social elite hybrid of hybrid. the sorts, <laughs> and his name is none other than Adam Lipschitz, yeah. and he is actually... The fastest Jew alive. Yeah, can you believe it? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, in today's conversation, it was actually a fantastic conversation we had with Adam. We've been we've been watching Adam from the sides and wondering about Adam and wondering about his training. Yeah, he wears this cloak of mystery. And we got through quite a lot of it today. It was really an exciting conversation where we chatted to him about his training. He goes quite into detail about his uh, race day in Valencia where he ran the 2.13 marathon after being on track for an Olympic qualifying 2.08, which he is still going to be trying to attempt later this year. So if you are wondering, Adam is looking to still qualify for the Paris 2024 Olympics. And you know, after this conversation, you'll get a better understanding of where he's come from where he is going to but more importantly also how any social runner can really get the most out of their daily life their routines and and become the best runner they possibly can so without any further ado we're ready to go straight into the convo we hope you guys enjoy it and we wish you the best running year yet so guys sit back relax and enjoy the soothing sounds of adam lipschitz Adam, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. We're really excited to get to know you and uh, to give a little bit of a background to to you for our listeners. Maybe let's start out with uh, who is Adam? Where where did this running passion start, man? So yeah, thanks guys for having me. Um, I mean, yeah, I ran in primary school, high school, uh, university. Kept it going. Had a bit of a break, like between the ages, I think of. 14 to 17 like I just you know you're young you in Durban and then I got back until I think at 16 17 and then started representing the country at 17 18 
um, 19 as well, so that was university. And then from there, yeah, I had a few niggles and all that, so it wasn't as smooth as I wanted. I didn't do, everyone was progressing and I was sort of a step back. Same guys you're running with are doing better and moving forward and you're just dealing with niggles at a bad Achilles um, problem. And that set me back, I think, like a year and a half to two years. But yeah, I started in primary school, um, breaking records at primary school. Fastest Jew alive, eh? Fastest Jew alive, all-time <laughs> Olympic champion. <laughs> you take that, eh? So, so you obviously say you started running in, in prep school. Um, yeah. You know, how was that? When did you know that, you know, you had some talent? Because obviously we'll get into it, but, yeah. you know, straight off the back, Adam's given a very, <laughs> a 30-second summary <laughs> of his running career. But <laughs> but Adam Adam is an extremely fast runner. Guys, we have some personal bests here, um, sourced off of IAAF, so thank you, Nick. That's when you know it's legit. Yeah, mm. so 5,000 meters, 13.33, that was done in March 2021. 10,000 meters, that is 2827, also done in March 2021. Then your 10K is 28.36. How, how fast is your 10K, Nick? That's no, donkey no, it's compared okay. to that. So, yeah. mm. so, so that, that doesn't even deserve <laughs> being a mention in this conversation. October 2019, 21K, which I love this one, oh, this one hour, one minute and 31 seconds. Yeah. That was May 2021. Mm. And then... Just a few months ago, guys, uh, he Adam just debuted his first 42K, which is unbelievable in Valencia, and did a, a 2.13, which is the third fastest South African marathon time. Um, and if Adam, if I say well done, Adam, you'll say? Don't say well done. Don't say well I'm done. I'm not impressed. So that's just a bit of context into the type of athlete that is is here with us today. Um and and yeah, I mean, I mean, th- those times are just actually scary. They are they are blistering, but I think it's interesting what Adam started off with there. Um, in terms of his career, it seems like it's been a lot of stop start in it. Yeah. And I mean, you can also see it in in the times that he was doing. I didn't put the other times that were on IAAF, yeah. like the thousand five hundred, the three thousands. Like you clearly went through patches in your career where it, when it was good, it was good, and then you sort of went missing. Yeah. For, for years at a time. And <laughs> no, <it was> that's <laughs> right. That sounds <laughs> right. <laughs> and is that just only due to injury or is it just like due to the pressures of trying to perform and constantly, like what you said, looking at what other people are doing around you and not being able to keep up because of injury circumstances or other issues? No, so it's basically just injury. Everything there is injury um, uh, related. related. Like again, I had I ran well, then little niggles and then come back and you run again and little niggles just continued I wasn't I probably wasn't doing the right stuff I was still training myself for very long times and maybe doing too much too soon I know where I, I always know where I get injured after I get injured mm. I can yeah. pinpoint it like every single time what I did where I ran what shoe I used all that but when you're in the moment you don't feel it yeah. you know what I mean so every there's no real pressure I mean I enjoy running more than anything I, if I couldn't run fast ever again I would sacrifice that to just, just be able to running. run in the morning just really? to wake up and run a 20k so, so with you do friend. love running I love running okay I w- if, I w- if I could rather if all the niggles can go away and just run in the morning with your friends enjoy enjoy and I'm more than happy with that so, so you love the social component you know to running the social component is perfect but you do need that competitiveness mm. that just helps you like I don't know you know how it feels when you're trying to fight or sprint at the end it's mm. just a different uh, release of endorphins and that just drives you too much and, and correct me if I'm wrong 
But I believe I once asked you who coaches Adam Lipschitz, and you said Adam Lipschitz. I coach myself still. So, <laughs> did you know that? Yeah, so still self-coached. <laughs> still, I had. I would say I had an advisor or people that assist. Guided you. But just maybe like one session a week that's of like what me, to eh, do. Nick? That's like me. At, that's like me at the moment. Doesn't it coach I, you? I slide into Nick's <laughs> message, uh, messages on a Monday, and I'm like, "What yeah. are we doing on Track Tuesday?" Mm. And then I disappear. See, I'm only, I'm only. I was saying to Davey on a run the other day. I'm just your coach between 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. on a Monday evening. That's yeah. all you need, Davey. Clearly, everything that we're doing is working just fine. Well, I, saw, I don't run a, I don't run a, a 1333 5,000 meters. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, with uh, coaching, I think. Just your lifestyle depends on it. You know, you can't tell someone you're doing this on this day, you're doing that on that day. You've got to factor in their other personal life. And if you're not a full-time runner, then it's not easy to do so. If you're full-time running and you've got nothing else to do, follow the program because that's all you got to do. But but now you you aren't a full-time runner, right? No, I mean, I mean you, you're, a, you're a self-proclaimed social runner, an elite social runner. Well, what do you call yourself? There's a, Just a social runner. Just as a, just a social, a social runner redefined. Eh? Social runner redefined. So obviously, I mean, I mean, you're very good at running, and you have some goals which we'll chat about later, going into you know marathon distance, Olympics, and all of that. But you say you know you're you're not a a, a full time athlete. So what no. do you do you know day to day? What's what's the hustle? Because I think there's also a lot of mystery behind that. What does Adam do on a normal day? So I won't give it all away, but I mean. <laughs> Is it too I've shady to give away? No, That's it's all above it's board. Secrets, man. <laughs> Most of it's above board. <laughs> but uh, no, I do a bit of this and a bit of that, to be honest, if that's the best way to describe it. A bit always, of this and a bit of that. Always so looking for another... I mean, whatever you want to call it, but yeah. I'm always looking for the next, the next opportunity, the next yeah. business, the next way to collaborate with someone. Or And that takes um, time. And I mean, I think a lot of people will look at the times that you're running and yeah. think, you know, that guy's a fully dedicated runner. Or perhaps deserves to be yeah. fully dedicated to running and is it just because you enjoy that hustle element as well or that other element of your life that you don't put everything that you have into running or is it just the way that life has worked out for you because of the injury setbacks and yeah. doing other things so yeah two reasons the one is basically the the injury you know when you're injured and you're not running what do you do mm. you're just going to sit at home and cry or have a sulk or you need to do something. You need to keep your mind active or yeah. be busy. So when you are injured as a pro runner, and I was when I was doing my university, you just sit and say, "What do you actually do?" Mm. Um, and then I and also I'm, I can't sit still either. So, <laughs> but but I mean, have you thought about you know you know obviously I understand what you're saying. Like yeah. you've you've got a talent entrepreneur entrepreneur. Um, you got that hustle. But have you ever thought about you know putting that on hold? Getting a sponsor, 100%. you know, I mean, I'm sure the likes of Nike, Addy, Asics would snap you up and, and dedicate everything to running. I mean, brand-wise, I'm not too interested in having to wear brands all the time and represent them. Um, I just don't feel that it's not there in the market at the moment with, uh, I don't know what they can give you. Mm. Everyone can give you clothing and shoes and stuff, but can it actually sustain your lifestyle? So mm. it's not really my goal. I have never tried to try and get a brand behind me but I did I've wanted to I've said I would for one of my marathons coming up take a six month break or whatever go train overseas in altitude or Kenya and just focus on running all together because I mean this I think this is a good point where we can bring in 
what time you were on track on for at Valencia. And I mean, yes. for that entire time, you were running 208 pace. You were in that 208 bunch, yeah. which is basically Olympic qualifying bunch, which would have been, I mean, what a debut marathon. And yeah. where it fell off was at pretty much the end of the marathon, which... And I mean, fell off. You're running three or two. You started yeah, yeah. three or seven. That's that's falling off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, when we fall at, off, yeah, it's <laughs> at that level, it is falling off. No, um, at the wall. Yeah, well, that's and that's and I mean, you <laughs> learn that. Wall. But what I tell people is, I built my own wall in that race. Yeah, and so hit it myself. So explain that to me, because obviously you say you know what you did yeah. wrong. So I'll take you through the race, okay, if that's please. okay. No, yeah, I'll please. give you a brief yeah, uh, right, explanation. Go, go into it, man. So the morning of the race is all good, warmed up well, happy days, normal routine, uh, drink your supplements before happy. Start of the race, like 50-50, I wasn't super confident. Really? In my Yeah, because I missed a few sessions leading up to the race. I missed one of my long runs. I was sick that week and you can't force a long run. It's not possible to go and try and just force a 40k out of nowhere, especially as you saw the pace I'm doing yeah, the 40k. Yeah. So. Yeah. I missed a long run. I missed a big tempo session. I missed two track sessions. And mentally, I wasn't there. You know, I, I didn't have any races to say like, oh, no, you're fine. You yeah. can do it. My fastest half marathon before that was pacing in Amsterdam, yeah. mm. which was 104.17 or okay. 104.11, sorry. So that's all I've got based off what I can do at halfway. You got to run that twice. Yeah. So anyway, started off all good. And I was 50-50. Do I want to go in the 2A group or do I want to go in the next group? The problem, the next group was a 2.11.30. And that was just a bit too slow. Because you can't make up two minutes, three mm. minutes in that second half if you're feeling good. Mm. And what's the point of trying to run? It's Olympic qualifier mm. or nothing. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. what is the point? Mm. What there to, mm. to hold hands? <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, start of the race, get in the, the 2.8 group. The, the group is 30 strong, 30 strong at least. I started near the front. So I was just behind Jake, uh, Jake Smith and... Yeah. The other pacer, and we just sat there. I was comfortable. Said lap 5k, let me see what's going on. Uh, body felt all right. Wasn't super comfortable, but I said it's not life-changing. You know, you're just following feet. Then 5k, I looked back. I said, no, the other group is too far away. There's no chance of the, going back the to 211. the 2130. Because yeah. that was a plan. Go to 5k, and then you can adjust. adjust. Yeah. It was too far away. It would have taken them 10 minutes to catch me, basically, if I had Adjusted. to just yeah. slow, and I would have messed up my race. So that was it. Go with the two eight. Five K goes, ten K goes, happy. Fifteen K goes. I I dropped back a bit in the group because there was a bit too much movement in the front. You can feel the pace moving just too erratically. So, uh, and how many people were in that group? There's a good thirty people in that group. It was a big bunch. I mean, I remember seeing it on TV. I was following also Phil Sesaman as well. Yeah, yeah. So he was in the group. Yeah, there was a big. It was a big bunch. It looked like a strong bunch. Yeah, but and it always is in the first half. No, but the two eight group is a two eight group. People are there to run 2.8, so they all come in shape to run 2.8. So they're going as far as they're, they're going, 35, 38. So anyway, go 15K, still feeling good. Then I went through a very good patch. I think like 15 to 30. I was actually starting to like trip over the feet in front of me. Oh, like okay. it's too slow. The body's yeah. feeling so good. I'm, I'm drinking all my... You got that second wind. That's you got that second yeah. wind and you're drinking your... You're taking all your water. You're taking all your juices on the side. You're taking your gels. You're doing it all. You're not like rushed you're not missing and then just after jake smith i think he left at 20 something k's he dropped out the one pacer the other pacer continued he was a good guy he's a 204 marathon runner um from like two years ago i think jonathan career okay and then he went on he went on to about 30 i think or 31 and then the group stayed together for a bit 
and then that's when things started to change. So at about 32... The, the infamous 32K marathon war. Yeah, but body-wise, I was still, I was still fresh. Yeah. I was happy. I had no problems. I, at that stage, I said, flip, I'm going to do it. I'm actually going to do the, the qualifying, go to yeah. Olympics. Like, that was wow. the confidence. And then what happened wow. with that group? It basically broke apart. So guys moved forward. They didn't maintain. So they pushed the pace. They pushed. So we dropped a 249 which is 11, 12 seconds quicker than mm. what you're running, which mm. is a big mm. gap. Mm. And now and you're trying to keep up. I felt fine. I went to the group. Okay. I was in that group. I wasn't at the back of it. I was in the middle of that group. There were like three guys behind. And then the next K was like a 251, I think, or 252. Again, I was sort of still in the group and okay. And then, <laughs> yeah, after, <laughs> after 34, the body said, yeah, you, yeah. you got nothing left. That was it. You've spent your energy and you're not coming back from this. So it's, it's interesting that you say that though, because oftentimes before you see the runners sort of hit that proverbial point, they, yeah. you do see that pickup and pace as well. It's almost like you're trying to catch on to something or trying to psychologically compromise. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's interesting that it happened in your case as well. Uh, when you knew that that was the, the case, it must've been quite a bitter pill to swallow and to keep going the last seven Ks. So it's not a, Great feeling. I won't lie. I'm, I'm glad that I finished. I made sure at 35, it would have been easy to pull out and just say, oh, my ankle's sore. My, I've got a blister. My toe's <laughs> sore. And then you're still on two. I think at 35, I was on two eight thirty pace or something mm. still. So I said, oh, I should have run two eight, but it's my toe. Yeah. But I said, you know what? I need to feel what the marathon feels like. And those next seven are different. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> a different game. No, it's different. There's, so there's no half marathon that can tell you that. So yeah. you are human. Yeah. That's yeah. The thing. <laughs> like I said, I mean, I think if I just maintained, yeah. there was a group that stayed back and maintained a bit. And a lot of those guys ran 2.8. They didn't go under the qualifier, but they're still around there, which is still, you can you still get in. happier, yeah. I mean, there's still possibility on the ranking system to get in with a 2.830, 2.845. It's narrowing right now the gap, but, it's a chance. Mm. But yeah, it was... It wasn't to be this time. I made a mistake. It's the best course I've ever run. Really? Um, in, I've been uh, yeah, it's wanting amazing. to do Valencia. Hey? I think it, it looks awesome. That The timing of it in the year looks ideal. Mm. Especially for the guys. A lot of our listeners are comrades runners. I think, you know, the, the other conventional marathons around here that you find again, like in September, October, they are just a little bit too soon after yeah. that, that race. December really does allow you time to take time off, build up towards it. And it is a cool time of year in yeah. Europe. And Valencia is a beautiful city. I mean, I want to find out more about the actual experience. Sure. Obviously, we know the downfalls of this first marathon. As Davey yeah. said, still the third fastest time by South African in 2023, which is in, it's incredible yeah. uh, considering, you know, your background, where you've come from and being your debut marathon. I think, you know, that's important to to mention all those yeah. runners are that you were running with are experienced marathon runners. I don't, I don't think that there was that many, that there would have been many debutants at the marathon running sure. in that 208 group or having the confidence to go mm. run in that 208. But Valencia as a marathon, as an overall experience, how did you feel that was? Was that you enjoyed the marathon? No, I enjoyed the marathon. I think the biggest thing at the end of it was I finished the marathon. Mm. I was very happy with that. I've got my medal. I'll keep that medal. <laughs> And I wore that thing for a good 10 minutes before <laughs> I took it off. I said, no, it's, it's a good achievement. Yeah. It's one of the, it's what, the human... But don't, but don't say well done. 
Don't say well done. Don't say well. <laughs> Just okay. say do better next time. Yeah, yeah. I'll accept yeah. that. It's better to take more confidence in that way. So, but talking about next time, obviously, you know that was Olympic qualifier. Yeah. Um, is there still a chance for you to? Yeah, yeah. To to qualify for so Olympics? there's April marathons coming up. Um, I'm pretty much gonna do Hamburg. And you've paced Hamburg before. Paced Hamburg up to 33 k's, so I know you know the route. 80 percent of the course. Mm. I like it. It's a 204 course and it's a 217, I think, for ladies or 218. Sure. So a it's good a good, pretty good course. So And then, so, I mean, what is your, obviously, you've just come back from Mauritius. Yeah. Followed you on Instagram. Mm. That looked amazing. Um, and then now, what are you going to do, obviously, between Jan and March? I don't know when yeah. in April the race is, but what are you going to do to prepare for that? So, um, basically, I'm slightly behind where I want to be. I wanted to start training probably around Christmas um, and I was getting back into it nicely. I took the full three weeks off my marathon, didn't rush it, did nothing, just enjoyed because your muscles, there's a lot of underlying deep tissue fatigue that you don't feel. I mean, after five days, I was ready to go run, but I said, just sit, do nothing, don't swim, don't do, do anything too excessive. And then came back for a week and then I started I tried to push a bit, which was probably too soon. I did a tempo run, a progressive tempo, and just to see that body's still there, the fitness is there. And I think I just tweaked something in my calf, just made it a bit too tight, and it just tightens mm-hmm. everything. And also all the physios have gone on holiday as well. So it was... <laughs> no, not this year. one. <laughs> bad bad, bad, bad yeah. time of year. <laughs> it was just that, and then, yeah, my, my ankle always gets a bit stiff from a, a stiff calf. Mm-hmm. And that causes a rotation in the foot and it just needs to be loosened all the time, but you need someone with their hands to do it for you. So, yeah, I'm slightly behind, but I'm still 17 weeks out, I think, or 16 weeks from the marathon. So, that, yeah, that, that's so um, there's enough time. There's a good time there to build. And, and you know, yeah. the fact that you have taken the time off and obviously had such a good build up, barring a couple of missed sessions yeah. uh, to, to Valencia, that's obviously going to help in the build-up, uh, I do want to just bring it back a yeah. little bit. Um, I want to chat a little bit more about your build-up to yes. Valencia. You know, you, you you were talking about specifically certain sessions sure. that you did miss. And very, very often, you know, you speak to runners and they don't really know what's gone wrong in a race. And I think it's yes. quite something f- for you to be able to sit there and know exactly what you did wrong in a race, what may have gone wrong in your training, like – you can see that you are extremely in tune with your body and the work that you do from a running side of things. Um, Obviously that comes from the experience of being in the running industry for as long as you have been and being a runner for as long as you have been. Um, But talk to us a little bit about that marathon buildup because obviously it's the first marathon you've ever trained for. And without having a coach to actually guide you through that buildup, I want to know like what changed between um, your half marathon training and your marathon training and was it just a case of making the longer runs longer and working more the threshold efforts or was there a, a specific theory behind what you were doing yeah so with half marathon training you can sort of wing it off 10k you can come with a lot of speed and just do one or two longer long runs because um, your body will still carry over that 15 18k uh, threshold if you want that it's not a big issue you can do it with minimal training i've run half marathons with being my longest run of the actual training block mm, to yeah. be honest actual yeah. half run the marathon the half marathon is the longest run yeah sure 
and around 62. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I, I, okay, sorry, I, 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 I just want to quickly ask. Yeah. You know, we hear, we hear so many athletes training for marathons and even 21Ks clocking like 140, 160Ks a week yeah. sort of thing. Do you do that kind of mileage? I don't. Really? So, so just quickly, sorry to derail that conversation. For the marathon block, what was your highest week? So my highest week was the week of the marathon. <laughs> was 114, I think. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> and I went over 100, I think, one other time. Cheap as air. My 12-week average, I think, was like 69 or 71 Ks a week. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So different. you've heard that, yeah, right? So 70 oh. Ks a week average Get gets you a 213 mm. marathon. So it's the case of doing, doing less to achieve more in this particular case. <laughs> Talk to us through a running, a training week then in that yeah. case, like a 70 kilometer training week. What would that have looked like for you? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, again, I don't plan to do 70 Ks. I'd love to do 100, 120 and just average. I'm, I can do it. Yeah. It's not a time issue. I've got the time. Mm. It can be basically be an 18 or 20 K in the morning and a 7, 8 K in the afternoon. Mm. That's really 28 for the day. Mm. You only do that five times, four times and you, you're there. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so most of my morning jogs in the marathon block was about 18 Ks. Uh, I'm gonna, and I'm and gonna you say jog? So my recovery e-pace, if you want to call that that, is about 4.05. Yeah. 4.5, 4.10, 4.8. I just keep it in that zone. Um, that's when I just feel your body's at the optimal. You're not actually forcing it. It's just wake up and that's where you're at. That's what I also think mine is. That's what I... I've told myself. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. I don't know if it does. It's fine. Mm. Yeah. Carry on. So 18K, say 18K Monday morning. Um, I don't do a lot of speed too often. I don't like it because of the track. The track always gives issues in Durban for some reason. But also you are a naturally fast runner. I've got the leg turnover. Yeah. I would like more. I want that 5K, 10K leg speed again. When I was doing those times, I was moving on the track. Sparks on, sessions, sending it. But uh, yeah, for marathons, it's a bit different. You need a lot more longer sessions, 10 by 1K, 12 by 1, where you're not sprinting, but you just, you're inside marathon pace, mm -hmm. but you just need that long stuff for shorter rest. Because you're trying to just build that endurance. You don't need a 245 kilometer mm. when, tr when training for a marathon. I don't need that, because mm. the fastest K I'm planning to do is a 255. Mm. But yeah, 400, you just need to get that leg turnover going, but you don't need to be sprinting all out. Nice. So, say morning or Monday morning jog, 18Ks, maybe afternoon I'll do 5 or 6Ks, easy. Um, Tuesday I'll do, let's say a track session. So 20 by 400s, I'll do them in a, in a fart leg sort of way. So it's 400 on, 200 off. Um, a very fast recovery. So if, if my 400 on will be 67 seconds, 68, just in the zone. But then my recovery is 42, 41 seconds, okay. 200 meters. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. it's a very quick recovery. Yeah, it's like 330 or 320K recovery mm. pace. Um, that just keeps that body going. Because mm. you're not forcing, it's not a big session for your actual speed session. So you just want to yeah. lower the rest. If I want to get more rest, then I've got to do that a lot faster. There's no need to do it faster. So then, yeah, Wednesday, that, I'll do a second session as well. I do my speed in the morning um, just to flush the body. Then Wednesday, I did say I rest. I love a full day rest just yeah. to get the body back to normal. There's always something niggling. Thursday, back to 18K morning jog, maybe an afternoon uh, jog or not. Um, Friday, another jog. 
And then, you know, either Saturday or Sunday rest, and then I'll try and do a tempo on Saturday or Sunday. Uh, also, 25Ks, 22Ks, or the long run. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't get as many long runs as I wanted. Um, for this block, I did a 32, a 35, and a 40. I wanted to actually do another 40, which would have given me a bit more confidence. Um, and I think that mentally, just it's mental, it's not physical. You've done a big 40. I did my 40 in 212. Which is, yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with that. So you are doing those long runs at a, de- at a fairly good pace in that case. So you're keeping to that like low level endurance pace. On you those need ones. both. So I didn't, I didn't have time yeah. to do both because of what I was doing. I did, I paced in Amsterdam at a 26k there, so that mm. sort of counts as a very hard race pace, yeah. Yeah. Uh, long run. Yeah. But I want to add, especially for the next block, I need to add like three hour runs at just the 405 pace mm. just to get the body mm. training shoe. Mm. Probably I'll do it. I'll probably go to like Dolphin Coast Marathon. Mm. Um, <laughs> oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I, there, there's a sub three hour bus. Sub three hour yeah. bus. I'll sub lead the sub three hour, hour bus. Mm. I need someone to go and win it. I've got good prize money and <laughs> yeah. uh, I've got extra <laughs> appearance bonus. We'll chat. Okay. Off, we'll chat off. No there. problem. Okay, okay, okay. That can be your fast one. We can hey, chat off. Bring, <laughs> bring it back. Bring it can back. speak no, to no, my no. manager. No, no, no. I got to ask Nick because this this is a really good question. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't hear a single mention of any strength training. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I, fuck. I do a lot. <laughs> Excuse I gym. <laughs> no, I gym three, four times a week. I'd say. Okay. Um, Sorry, Davey. I was like, listen, Still like, here you go, like, no, no, like, yeah. like this guy. I do work. Okay, so Davey's like, a dude. strong believer, and <laughs> I think he's just putting his head under the ground yeah. that he doesn't need strength. I was training, honestly so. about to throw it all out the window. Not yeah. that I do any strength training, but okay, so you yeah. do strength training? No, plenty. Really? Plenty strength. Um, a lot of band work. Not a lot of uh, weights. I probably should do that more. I'm going to try that now on this build-up, especially Jan, Feb. That's why you got such big biceps like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's uh, I do. I do a lot of core, a lot of glutes and uh, hip mobility, a lot of mobility. Yeah. And is that, is that on your rest days? Uh, or when you, you mentioned you have a full rest day, you do nothing. So yeah, those are, are many at the track and then you head on over to... No, uh, so that will be normally on a rest day. Your strength workout. Strength workout, or it will be, say, if I jog in the morning and I don't jog in the afternoon, I'll do strength in the afternoon. I'm going to come join you for a strength session because no I want to see this. It sounds quite uh, quite relaxed. Oh 100%. This <laughs> is every <laughs> conversation <laughs> we have. Bro. He's got the same. Yeah. Actually, I'm moving to Cape Town next week. Oh, so. gosh. Are you really? <laughs> yes. <Or no? laughs> Full time. Oh gosh! Yeah, this is one of the last physical podcasts we're actually oh, doing one yeah. on one. Oh, but uh, either way, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, the so we've we've myth busted. You need yeah. strength yeah, training, yeah, yeah. and Sorry. I think to just bring it back, you know, you mentioned like there are always a couple of niggles that you are yeah. managing. Um, you've come from a long history of having issues. The yeah. strength training is what helps you keep those in check and helps you just become very aware of your body. Yes. And I think, you know, you get to feel things during the strength sessions that you wouldn't necessarily feel on a run that you're like, hey, that, that wasn't that tight when I used to do it. And yeah. it does help you just keep the things in check. So that's important, Davey. Um, <laughs> but to bring it back, you've mentioned pacing a few times. And yeah. I actually wanted to ask you and chat to you about the pacing duties that you have done in the past um i'm sure we all have watched marathons where you see the guys in different vests sitting at the front of the marathon i'm like they're the real heroes they're controlling that marathon they (laughs) look like they could go and run the time that the guys behind them are running meanwhile they they sometimes get to 30ks well 
sometimes most times they get into the 20s yeah and then they fall off and when they fall off it looks like they literally put their shoes away <laughs> get picked up by the bailer bus and that's what they do so that yeah. is what the pacers do how do you get into pacing and do you think that gives you an advantage in sort of understanding how to pace and how to manage a race from that perspective as a marathon runner now so it's not the biggest issue like if you've done pacing jobs to you got an advantage i don't think that's anything at all but it does help picking up a pace knowing where you should be um it's very enjoyable pacing there's no stress when you go there you know what you're doing you you're in shape to do it because you've agreed to do the job so you're not going there and saying oh i might be able to do it you go there get it done um and then move on so it's no i don't think it's real advantage with pacing but it definitely it's more the feel of the marathon Mm. So the whole build-up where you, the day before, because two, three days, it's a very boring build-up. Mm. You go mental because yeah. for two, three days, you jog in the morning, five, six Ks, just loosen the legs, some, some strides, some stretching, go eat breakfast, and then that's your day done. You're sitting on your bed literally for the rest until lunch. You're trying to sleep, just relax or do something. It's very, very boring. I'm not going to lie to you. Sounds quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds I, like a, my normal <laughs> marathon build-up. <laughs> I go absolutely mental with it. So it's not a, it's not great, but it teaches you that you need that rest. Yeah. The longer your feet are off the ground in that week before the marathon, the better it's going to be for you. Is that why you took the elevator to come up? To the <laughs> oh, yeah. Please stairs. can we just touch on this? Okay, this no, I'm it. carrying a niggle. So we are on the first floor <laughs> in an office mm. park here. And I went to fetch Adam. And I could literally see him. I looked down the balcony. I said, yeah, yeah, just come up to the first floor. I went and I waited by the stairs. I'm like, where's this guy? He's got lost. He pops up in the elevator. And this is a this is an athlete child, like a six foot, like th- you're, you're a supreme athlete and you took the elevator. Come on. No, it's it's just the less you do, the better. Don't <laughs> overdo it. Don't sit in the car too long. <laughs> the car's a big problem with injuries. Really? The car? Sitting in a car for too long at for <laughs> too much is just a problem. And that's a big issue. Uh, sitting in general, I think. Yeah. It's a s- pandemic. Sitting in general, but just your car, you don't move. It's, I've found that that's where a lot of my niggles used to come from. No, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. I'll give you that. So that's, I try and avoid a lot of like trips like that or long trips where you, like if I had to drive to Drakensberg, I'm, I'm stretching for 20 minutes when I get there. Check now, this Literally. is the talk of an athlete. Oh, no, this no, is no, what I want to hear. Not, nothing to do with being an athlete just because I'm stiff <laughs> as a rock. <laughs> <laughs> but to, to take it back to the pacing yeah. stuff, so you say it's quite a relaxed job, but now let's say yeah. you've got, you know, um, Calvin Kipton behind you yeah. saying, yeah. I want 2.49 pace. Like surely there's a bit of a stress element to, you know, the guys behind you, their times are going to be based on the type of job that you as a pacer can do yeah, and how sure. long you can take them into that race. So is there, there, is, there must be a little bit of pressure to it. You know, there's a lot of politics behind the scenes where really? managers are discussing Tell paces us. and um, what pace the athletes are agreeing to and what pace the pace is going to and how long it's going to go and all that. But it's normally discussed before. Sometimes you might get there. Not for me. I don't think it's ever been that case. I've only been there once where they've told me the pace and I was fine with it and it was actually, we did a slower pace. So I had no issue with that. Yeah. There was definitely no problem with do that. You, do you sign an agreement on pace? No, but ugh, it's all behind the scenes. It's your manager deals with it and... Your manager? Someone's manager or deal. <laughs> Someone's manager. <laughs> Most people yeah. getting pacing jobs have managers. And so um, how did you land up pacing? I mean, do, is it like a network or... How do I become a pacer? 
First so of all, get fast. I got that. I think that. I, I asked to pace first yes. because I wasn't in racing shape at the time. Your main goal is to run fast. The faster you run your personal time, the more opportunity you get in the running world uh, mm. across the world. Mm. But at the time, I was, I think I just came back for a niggle. I had RTB at the time. It was just taking time. And then, yeah, the plan was let's just go for a pacing gig and I paced. And then, yeah, whenever they come up, they come up. Yeah. You can use them for training as well. Because, I mean, it's quite a, like, in my mind, it's quite an honor. First of all, like, you're getting a lot of TV time. Because you yeah. you're in front there and mm. you're pacing. Um, and they're trusting you. Like, I mean, the, the, the person wearing the pacing yeah. bib, like, you're like, that guy he looks legit. Yeah, well, well, I mean, a lot, like you said, like, a lot rides on the paces. Otherwise, what's the point of having them? So, I mean, it's yeah. it's a cool job to have. I really enjoy it. Like I said, it's very... It's relaxing because you're not waking up and saying, I've got to perform at, you're going for a very hard long run, mm. but you are doing everything better than what you do. Sure. You're not, so you're not waking up three hours before a long run here, whereas there you are, you're getting your food. You uh, you're going through the full process. The full process. So yeah, there is a network. I think of pace. There's a lot of people that only pace. A lot of Kenyan guys are just, you only see them pacing. They don't really? actually run races. Yeah, a lot of them actually, I'm sure you see it in the ladies, they pace women full-time jobs. That's their whole life. Mm. In Kenya, mm. um, and then they go and pace them in the races as well. But yeah, you don't want to ruin your rep as a pacer. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. so your jobs. Or if you go there and you're not in shape and you drop out at five k's, oh, that's not good. Yeah, yes, everything is still <laughs> sorted. Or there'll be some repercussions, but you, you, your manager won't have faith in you. And to just fulfill, like, take that conversation fully all the way around for people that don't know and people that watch, a pacer can't go through to the finish line. I think certain <laughs> races they can. Oh, really? Certain races you're allowed to, but some you're not. Um, especially, I think women's races they don't like the paces finishing with the with the yes, lady. They sort of let them go through. Yeah, just let her finish. Have her TV time. Yeah, I, I did a race. I was supposed to race it, but again, I wasn't in shape. Uh, now in Northern Ireland, um, Antrim half, and then I just went to pace the, the leading woman, pace it to one hundred six, which is a PB um, at the time. So yeah, and then like. 300 meters before we just stopped and let her have it get the tv coverage and uh yeah i mean you what you did you've done your job go yeah, yeah, yeah sure so, so speaking of job and and yeah. then coming from a professional pacer in that case yeah. i think pacing is something that a lot of runners don't understand and sure. can't get right and that's why i sort of put the question earlier to is it putting you at an advantage and probably not so much because if you are running two or eight marathon, you know, pacing, you know, your body, you know how to push it. But I think for a lot of runners that don't know how to pace and don't know how to go out and manage their race and be yeah. able to, you know, uh, manage to pick up their pace towards the back end of a race. Would you say for you in particular, obviously different example to a regular runner, but on a world stage marathon, would you opt for an even pace strategy even through the half, or would you want to go for a negative? Great question. I'd personally want to do a negative. I'll, if, if say, the next marathon is a 210 group, I would, depending on my shape, I'd rather opt for that. Go, go with the 210 and then... Yes, but at the same time, then I would rather go in the 28 and try and go quicker. Because mm. tra- most of my training comes with negative um, splits. Yeah. All my long runs are the last five or eight or ten is very, very quick. And you've taught your body to adapt, especially on the track. Your last sure. lap is always your full sprint, so you <laughs> adapt that. But an even-paced race is not its not a problem. If you're comfortable in the first half, mm. 30Ks, there shouldn't be a problem why you can't pick it up or even just try and maintain. 
And just to explain it, I mean, for those that don't know, negative pace is when you start your race, say, call it half-half, your first yes. half is slower than your second half, and even pace would obviously mean that those two numbers are the same, and a positive-paced race would be your first half being faster than your second half. Yes. Which I've, I've never run a negative split. Maybe <laughs> only <laughs> runs positives. <laughs> go or blow. Oh, yeah. Go hard or go home. Yeah, exactly. And that's the problem. I think a lot of people, you know, go out too hard. They don't yeah. know their body. They don't know their levels. I mean, you're talking to us about i'm doing the 400s at 69 you know you are down to a t and i think that's the mark of a professional athlete yeah. right so mm. i think you know regular listeners can take a lot from that is just knowing your training zones knowing your pacing zones and how that translates into the way that you go and then yes. run your races um but i want to go back to the half marathon sure. because i think that's your that's one of your most impressive times. Surely yeah, that, that 61 half is mm. blitzing fast. Yeah. I mean, that translates to an extremely fast marathon. Sure. If you're able to put all that training back into shape and go back towards it, is that sort of what your end goal with a marathon would be as well, to sort of get the most that you possibly can eventually? Obviously, right now we're talking Olympic qualifier, but you clearly have the ability to run faster than that based yeah. on your times. Would that be something that sort of is a carrot dangling at the end of the line? So I didn't really feel the tour eight, like I said, the pace for 30, 32, 33, I didn't feel it out of my comfort zone. I felt very comfortable there. So in my head, I was also again, can I go quicker? I probably could with better training, with a better buildup. There were a lot of weeks that were 10K weeks, 15 kilometer weeks that I just <laughs> couldn't do because I just had a, and niggle and so especially the last two weeks was horrible i picked up a blister from my long run three weeks before on the achilles mm. so there was no niggle the muscles i, I had no like muscular injuries yeah. i'd say for the whole um, training build yeah i had i had a very good no muscle injuries no hamstrings no quads no rtb everything was strong because of my gym but yeah the blister caused problems and then i tried to run again and then i think it just made it worse and now you're sitting trying to nurse your blister and now you can't really run because it's on your Achilles and it sort of was like touch and go near the end as well and it also opened up at 15k's on the race lovely oh it's horrible the shoe, I can show you the shoe it's mm. it's just red at the mm. back what what are we talking about here vapor flies because eh? <laughs> I'm a big fan no ah, they, Davey's keeping very quiet the vapor fly twos is my preferred shoe now obviously the new alpha Alpha three is where we want to be. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm hopefully going to run my next marathon on that. But the Vaporfly two just it just gives you that advantage still. The three I feel is just slightly. It's just a too much of a a normal I, running shoe. I agree with that. Eh? I, I, was I don't actually, know what you guys are talking so about. <laughs> I was running in my in my Vaporfly's threes today, and yeah. I did a set in my old twos a couple of weeks ago. That's and I was why like, you were so slow. I just don't feel like mm. these ones are providing me no. with that extra. Doesn't. spring forward it's a lot it, more comfortable it's yeah. a very comfortable shoe yeah but Interesting it doesn't you give you that, that spring no everyone i don't know if you've seen everyone in the world has gone back to the twos oh there we go i need i need to revert every <laughs> single runner now is running in that's twos. that's why you were lagging behind oh davy davy burnt me get today. back to the twos <laughs> by now because i think they're going to stop making soon <laughs> there, so there we stock go. Maybe, maybe find some deals now the, yeah that's that do you have a discount code for our last <laughs> <laughs> and your normal training shoe so yeah, I changed about a year and a half ago. I used to use Pegasus always. And then I think I was just riding on a wave of my muscles were strong enough to control. And I think one day it just says, this is not the shoe for you. 
So I've changed to the structure. Okay. It's basically so the, the Nike, Nike structure. It's a Nike stability. That is interesting, hey. And I love it. Yeah. It just it's not a it doesn't have a plate inside or any plastic to hold your arch up and it's it's just got extra cushioning, extra foam. So it just holds your foot in a much better position where I was pronating forefoot just yeah. due to general running. But yeah, the Pegasus, I think they just make them softer and lighter as they plushy. go. Yeah. So now we're obviously talking about shoes. Um, yeah. And you're obviously making a lot of reference to Nike. And then yeah. on that note, uh, you run for the uh, Ineos team, right? No. No. No, no. So that team is just, it's a, it's part of the management company's okay. team. Okay. I'm just, my manager works for because that, that is a that is a very nice team to be involved with, right? I would love to be in it, but I need to run a bit faster, I think, and well, you know, that's that that that's what we got to work towards. Eh? Mm. So talking about now going forward to Hamburg and yeah. mentioning a couple of things that you feel like you could do better on race day. Yeah. Also, obviously, hoping for better training, getting rid of the current little niggles that you're trying to manage. Yeah. The training perspective, you wouldn't change much of what you did in your build-up to Valencia. You say Valencia was a good build-up. Would you just try and be more consistent and try to do a little bit more? 100%. Or? So definitely just more consistent. Like I said, I missed a couple of key key workouts. track sessions that just, you physically don't need them, but you mentally need them. Yeah. So yeah. I definitely want to do two 40K runs this also quick. And then I want to add another three-hour time on legs like a marathon but in three hours and you mentioned some talks of a high altitude training camp not for this one not for this yeah i'm a bit too busy to to pack up to everything go to kenya, go. yeah yeah not uh, i was supposed to go actually the the friend of mine is there now um he did ask if i want to come and i didn't i didn't say no but when he saw us in Mauritius, he sort of messaged and said, I, realized. I, I realize you're not coming to Kenya. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I was probably sitting with a beer in my hand on the beach. So I, I sort of just, I you think I replied a day later as well. <laughs> you, were, you were recovering. But it's good that you mentioned that, that you say you're too busy. So, And, and we mentioned about the fact that yeah. you've got a couple of different things going on. Um, I want to just chat to the more the social runner side of things. Sure. Obviously, we can we can go into social runners club as well. Sure. Um, but from your perspective, obviously, calling yourself a social runner, I think what is a, what makes a social runner is someone that doesn't run competitively to a specific sense. Someone that you know their livelihood doesn't revolve around running. And you know, for you, you mentioned you got a few different things going on, and obviously you will or you want to spend more time on the running element. But yeah. what makes you a social runner is the fact that you've got all these other elements of entrepreneurship going on in your lifetime. And I'm sure that's one of the things that's keeping you extremely busy at this stage. So again, I've, I, if I wanted to become a full-time runner to the 160Ks a week, the time will be made very quickly. Mm. Two sessions a day, a gym session midday if need be, but you can do it. It's not a difficult thing to to do but just in general if there's a lot of things going on you can't really just pack up your life for eight oh, weeks yeah, to ten sure. weeks and head to kenya um without planning i definitely will do it maybe marathon four or five or six somewhere on there but i definitely want to do a full sure he's hooked. altitude he's hooked <laughs> four five or six follow-up question is yeah uh, is when when's when's comrades when's he gonna win comrades yeah when's, oh, when's oh, the comrades oh. debut coming so i'm I'll be honest, depending on how Hamburg goes, I'm planning to maybe do comrades run in the front for a bit. 
This year? Yeah, I, drop, I can enter. I've got a marathon behind my back. So legally, I can do comrades <laughs> without questions being asked. Um, but the entry's I might not do closed. <laughs> Oh yeah, you can do Tron. No, that's an elite run. That will kind of entry very quickly. So that might be something. I'm not. I'll do a long run there. You know, you the guys. If you sit in the group, they're doing four minutes a K for the first half. Three fifty-five. Hey, Runners Club will love that. Front, front that's on some TV. TV time there Big for time. You. Put my <laughs> number there as well. <laughs> Let's talk about social runners, man. Yeah. Because it looks like it's it's a hell of a draw. Uh, looks like a lot of yeah. fun on social media. I mean, if you guys fastest growing club in South Africa. Yeah, just under two hundred fifty members as of twenty twenty four. Tell day. us about it, bro. Like, how did it start? What made you decide to go that route for it, and how has it developed over the last year? So it, it really started back during COVID. Uh, it was a boring time. Remember, we we're on our phones a lot, and we we're on social media just. Uh, chatting and with a lot of runners in South Africa it's, it's a very big platform I think it's bigger than Instagram in terms of running and the community what's this? Uh, X sorry Twitter oh, the old so, Twitter so, yeah yeah Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have Twitter or X guys so. yeah so I basically started saying no I'm just a social runner and we all social runners and we just love the sport and just banter with everyone. We all you, just you, catched you, on. Yeah, you say a few, a few edgy, edgy things on I've seen I've seen <laughs> some things reshared so we just uh it's just banter. It's harmless banter. It's ba- harmless banter. And then, yeah, so we just continued with that and then um, didn't do anything with it. You know, we didn't push it, but we still used it. I think there's about like eight or 9,000 followers in that account. On X. On X at the moment. For social runners. Yeah, and it's mainly just South African running community, which is big. Yeah. But then, yeah, I didn't have time and I just got over it and then... And this is you and Kuhn, right? No, it's just no, me. No, just you. Yeah. Okay. So then about two years ago, I... Trademarked Social Runners Club. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> and then whilst I was in the process, I figured, you know what, I'm not running for a professional club. Um, I'm not giving marketing to anyone. I was with them do with this Pantani Athletic yeah, Club, but yeah. I wasn't running that much because I was had niggles and I was running overseas a lot and I wasn't really doing any local races. So I said, I'm do, um, we just want to start our own club. Michael and a few of the guys, they just said, let's just do our own thing. We said, let's just start social runners clubs. So we got it registered, et cetera, et cetera, all that. Um, and it's mainly just, there's no club in Amshlonga to start off with. And most of the guys there are from the area. We hover around Tiki Tonga and Daily Dose for, for their runs. But it's just a b- bunch of people that, you know, after, after school and after university, it's a very strange time for most people. Mm. Most of their friends are now in, if you're in corporate, they're probably going to Joburg. If you're in, media or, or advertising you're probably sitting in Cape Town and then you're sitting in Durban don't know what you're doing but maybe you're doing both but you're here and so your best friends are not even around you can't have no friends like you've got to do something where there's a common interest and running is one of the biggest common interests now because people are starting to realise you can't just not train now when you're in high school you can you eat whatever you want you can drink whatever you want I've got a fast metabolism I can just you know <laughs> It'll burn off. Mm. Now, at the age of 25, 26 and older, you say, okay, that doesn't work. If you go out for a few big meals, you know you've had a few big meals. So running, a lot of people have used running because gyms also, gyms are not, gyms are very intimidating for some people. Everyone's staring at you. Everyone's judging what you're lifting, what you're looking at, how fast you're running on the treadmill, blah, blah, blah. But running, it's... For everyone. Running clubs though, can arguably be more intimidating <laughs> than going to the gym. 
I mean, that's a fact. Fair enough. You know, uh, what I what I like um, about social runners club yeah. is that um, obviously running clubs have come from generations. You know, it's it's a lot of running clubs that are very old school and and they've been around for centuries and they have yeah. they have the rules and they have very clicky kind of statuses. Correct. Um, you guys obviously came along and you and you ruffled some feathers and caved it in. <laughs> Um, because everybody has their piece of the pie, and now of there's course. another running club, and you know you've got to get members. So where do these members come from? I don't yeah. know. Maybe they start running for the first time, or they'd leave other clubs. Yeah. And I think you guys, you know, you there was a bit of a sore point. When I say sore point, it was obviously people were, were looking for change. Yeah. And yeah, you guys have got that you know gap in the market there, which is awesome. But what are you guys providing for your members apart from an awesome vest? So. Again, I'll go into all of that, but to start off with, the, we've obviously it shaped itself. Oh, what what the movement you want to call it, whatever it is. It's mainly just people who ran. We just wanted our own. You need a club to join, to run comrades into oceans. Yeah. So that we set that up, and then it just like did its own merging into meet up, socialize, or run, have coffees, and that whole coffee movement has now changed, and especially in Durban, I can say with the run bus and. Tiki Daily uh, Dose, yes, they've, yes, they've yes. definitely done something positive because it's motivating people to wake up in the morning Get before out, work yeah. and run. So with social runners, it's sort of, now I can tell you, we've got it, last year we had no plan. Mm. It was just rock up to events, we've got sponsors for money, buy Get some beers, buy some, yeah, buy some food, have a two gazebos and just have hand a jaw. Hand out know? chicken licking at the finish line. Uh, that hand wasn't a joke, licking. guys. That wasn't like a <laughs> me trying to land a, a joke. That was there. my first experience with social runners. Lame, I just got to the lame. finish line. I was out of breath. I had Adam there with a bucket. He was like, do you want a piece of chicken? <laughs> <laughs> a social runners club is the most sponsored club in South Africa. Most sponsored club in it. I think we had 14 sponsors and last year. And your headline sponsor is? Chicken licking. And you hand out chicken at the event? 100%. Yeah, I see. So we, we did a good <laughs> thing there. Now this year we know what we're doing. A lot of people didn't really believe in what we were doing. Like, not that we were doing anything big. No, but yeah. But now they know that yeah. we there to stay. Yeah. We're there to run. Like, the main thing is just run a five k in the morning. Not forcing you to run a marathon or half marathon, but I'm providing that information to people. I've created a WhatsApp group now. We didn't have last year, so we're just vibing <laughs> off social media. Dolphins so. are working too hard, <laughs> dude. Far behind. So we got a so we got a WhatsApp group, and I said like maybe once every two weeks I'll just post the next two races coming up, and a bit of information. It's a hard course, it's a nice banter. course. Not too much banter, but just to keep it people notified. Because yeah, yeah. I can tell you now, ninety percent of our members. Okay, that's a bit much. Sorry, I'm exaggerating. <laughs> Seventy or plus, sixty percent. Yeah, yeah. Tell me the spin. No. <laughs> so half the members are non-runners asking me how do I pin my number? Where does it go? Yeah. So we didn't, we didn't go and take all members from other clubs or no one left their clubs to come to us. A lot of people were new and I'll discuss that because of our race we hosted as well. Mm. And I'll, I'll explain that as well. But a lot of people are just new. They've done park run. They run Tiki Tonga. I want to do more. Mm. Where's a good place? Where do I feel comfortable? Oh, half the people at Tiki Tonga or daily dose, whatever coffee shop it is, is in the same running group or hover around the same people. Let me join them. So that's what, and then that's pushed them to do 10Ks and then maybe 21. So and is there any plan of expanding into other provinces? There's a bit more admin involved. I know Cape Town's quite difficult to get into. 
Uh, Joburg, I haven't really looked, but we've got I've got people there that you know, guys in the club, our friends that want to do it, and I can look into it. But I think it's just a bit of admin for now. I think let's just get Durban settled for now because we got we've just released new T-shirts that will come soon. Uh, the vests are going to be the same as last year, so it, you know it keeps the cost down as well. You don't have to buy a new vest every year; it'll be the same vest, uh, same sponsor. So yeah, we don't want to expand. The plan was to expand in Joburg and probably do it at the Discam Marathon now. But uh, that's going to pass. <laughs> but there's a plan. That's, it's, it's a brand. It's a movement. So That's brilliant, man. Hey, he's giving back to the community. That's what he's doing. Eh? Yeah, I know. Like you said, we'll do a lot of meetups. So social events, but not running focus, but running uh, common theme is running. Everyone knows running. Yeah. So we'll have an opening party. Hopefully have all our members there. Probably have it at... In the village, I Probably see. in the village or at another location by where it's just our members, you know? So that's the plan. We want to have that maybe every two months, three months, or after big races, after two oceans, you know, get people. We'll definitely support races that support us back. I'm very... I'm very like that. If you don't support our race, we don't support yours. <laughs> oh, hey. There we go. Yeah, so, Yeah, so... It works both ways, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, And um, if somebody listening, you know, wants to join Social Runners Club, how do they do that? Just head to our Instagram page, Social Runners Club. Uh, I've got a link on there with all the information. It's yeah, a we'll put a link onto our onto the show yeah, notes as well then. It's a Google form. So you just fill in your own info and, yeah, you can sign up and then just stick on the WhatsApp group. There's a link to that as well inside the form. And uh, the socials, pretty much Instagram. We'll post everything there, videos, link ups, meetups. Brilliant, um, man. That's that's really exciting. I mean, watching it grow and and seeing the numbers that you guys are doing and the memes that you were posting. Yeah, we'll, so we'll get back into the memes. <laughs> There's yeah. time now. Definitely yeah. worth yeah. going to just check out the memes. Um, I think what you guys are doing for the running community is yeah. really fantastic and changing the mold of you know running clubs. I think that's that's the important thing. We've got to move with the times. We've got to change with the times. You've got mm. to make running accessible to people and and try and make people not feel, especially like you say, newbie runners, because yeah. there's so many people that don't know much about running that want to find out more, want to grow into the sport, yeah. but just feel very overwhelmed by going to uh, a big established running club. Um, so allowing that step in and, and working with those individuals and making them feel welcome is really an important element of the sport. And, I'm sure it's doing wonders for you and your motivation as well as a runner to really lead from the front per se and be able to achieve your goals and show people what can be done through hard yeah. work and, and motivation. No, for sure. And again, doing meetups and link ups where it's not fully running focused, where there's a mixture. Like again, our pub run, we had a very nice successful <laughs> pub run the other day and I didn't expect it to go that way. No one did. You know, I was late for it. <laughs> I'm normally late for everything. But I came Except out 20 this. minutes late. No, Except this. Yeah, I was in time. Well done. But I'm normally 20 minutes late. Um, and I got there and I was just packed. And I thought half the bar was for the running events. It was a whole place. 85 people, 87 people pitched up. Yeah, I saw some sure. videos of that. That looked scary. And it was very festive. So <laughs> a, lot of people, a lot of people who weren't actually part of the club joined. To see what it's about, you know, it's something different. And now they and now they're part of the club. I think maybe twenty or thirty people of wow. those yeah. of that eighty something was now in the club. And we're just gonna keep that vibe going. You know, it's not it's not a drinking club. We're not a drinking club at all. But we definitely you're a, a social, social club. You're a social club. And that's part of the elements at an age of twenty to thirty, you the, know? The social club from the ultimate social runner 
himself. 100%. So that that makes sense. So social runner, we're gonna we're gonna see you qualifying for the Olympics and representing South Africa, eh? That's the plan. Um, touch wood, everything goes to plan. I think the build-up can be good. We cross then, our fingers for yeah, you, man. I think it can. I'm, I haven't lost shape. I know we all lose shape mentally, but if it all goes well, there's a lot of time left, so touch wood. And oh, then, we'll and be then backing you. And then spending some time at the front of comrades, perhaps. Perhaps. Perhaps but touching wood. Little st- again, it all just d- depends on how the marathon goes and how the build-up goes. Giving, giving the flying Dutchman a bit of, yeah. uh, a <laughs> bit of uh, push. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to it. Brilliant, Adam. Thank you so yeah. much for taking the time to come and chat with us today and sharing your story, sharing your expertise mm. and your experiences from your, your running past. And we look forward to seeing you develop as a runner into the future and pushing the marathon as you go along. Yeah. No, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All Cheers, the guys. best for 2024, man. Thanks, Davey. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Making a Runner. We hope you enjoyed it and found value in the show. Don't forget to rate and leave a review on your favorite streaming platform. And remember to share with your running buddies. Follow our journey on our socials and feel free to engage with us on all things running. We wish you a pleasant run wherever the road or trail may take you. Bye for now.